Job chapter 24, the apparent indifference of God. Why are times not appointed by the Almighty? Why do those who know him not see his days? Men move boundary stones, they seize the flock and pasture them. They drive away the orphan's donkey, they take the widow's ox as a pledge. They turn the needy from the pathway, and the poor of the land hide themselves together. Like wild donkeys in the wilderness, they go out to their labour, seeking diligently for food. The arid rift valley provides food for them and for their children. They reap fodder in the field and glean in the vineyard of the wicked. They spend the night naked because they lack clothing. They have no covering against the cold. They are soaked by mountain rains and huddle in the rocks because they lack shelter. The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is taken as a pledge. They go about naked without clothing and go hungry while they carry the sheaves. They press out the olive oil between the rows of olive trees. They spread the winepress while they are thirsty. From the city the dying groan and the wounded cry out for help. But God charges no one with wrongdoing. There are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways and they do not stay on its paths. Before daybreak the murderer rises up. He kills the poor and the needy. In the night he is like a thief. And the eye of the adulterer watches for the twilight, thinking, No eye can see me, and covers his face with a mask. In the dark the robber breaks into houses, but by day they shut themselves in. They do not know the light. For all of them the morning is to them like deep darkness. They are friends with the terrors of darkness. You say, He is foam on the face of the waters. Their portion of the land is cursed so that no one goes to their vineyard. The drought as well as the heat snatch up the melted snow, so the grave snatches up the sinner. The womb forgets him, the worm feasts on him, no longer will he be remembered. Like a tree, wickedness will be broken down. He preys on the barren and childless woman, and does not treat the widow well. But God drags off the mighty by his power. When God rises up against him, he has no faith in his life. God may let them rest in a feeling of security, but he is constantly watching all their ways. They are exalted for a little while, and then they are gone. They are brought low like all others, and gathered in, and like the head of grain they are cut off. If this is not so, who can prove me a liar, and reduce my words to nothing? Job chapter 25, Bildad's third speech. Then Bildad the Shuite answered, Dominion and awesome might belong to God. He establishes peace in the heights. Can his armies be numbered? On whom does his light not rise? How then can a human being be righteous before God? How can one born of a woman be pure? If even the moon is not bright and the stars are not pure, as far as he is concerned, how much less a mortal man who is but a maggot, a son of man who is only a worm? Job chapter 26. Job's reply to Bildad. Then Job replied, How you have helped the powerless! How you have saved the person who has no strength! How you have advised the one without wisdom, and abundantly revealed your insight! To whom did you utter these words? And whose spirit has come forth from your mouth? 
a better description of God's greatness. The dead tremble, those beneath the waters, to all that live in them. The underworld is naked before God. The place of destruction lies uncovered. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth on nothing. He locks the waters in his clouds, and the clouds do not burst with the weight of them. He conceals the face of the full moon, shrouding it with the clouds. He marks out the horizon on the surface of the waters as a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are amazed at his rebuke. By his power he stills the sea. By his wisdom he cut Rahab, the great sea monster, to pieces. By his breath the skies became fair. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, these are but the outer fringes of his ways. How faint is the whisper we hear of him. But who can understand the thunder of his power? Job chapter 27, a protest of innocence. And Job took up his discourse again. As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice? The Almighty who has made my life bitter. For while my spirit is still in me, and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, and my tongue will whisper no deceit. I will never declare that you three are in the right. Until I die, I will not set aside my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let it go. My conscience will not reproach me for as long as I live. The Condition of the Wicked May my enemy be like the wicked, my adversary like the unrighteous. For what hope does the godless have when he is cut off? When God takes away his life, does God listen to his cry when distress overtakes him? Will he find delight in the Almighty? Will he call out to God at all times? I will teach you about the power of God. What is on the Almighty's mind I will not conceal. If you yourselves have seen all this, why in the world do you continue this meaningless talk? This is the portion of the wicked man allotted by God, the inheritance that evildoers receive from the Almighty. If his children increase, it is for the sword. His offspring never have enough to eat. Those who survive him are buried by the plague, and their widows do not mourn for them. If he piles up silver like dust and stores up clothing like mounds of clay, what he stores up a righteous man will wear, and an innocent man will inherit his silver. The house he builds is as fragile as a moth's cocoon, like a hut that a watchman has made. He goes to bed wealthy, but will do so no more. When he opens his eyes, it is all gone. Terrors overwhelm him like a flood. At night a whirlwind carries him off. The east wind carries him away and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls itself against him without pity and he flees headlong from its power. It claps its hands on him in derision and hisses him away from his place. Revelation chapter 17, The Great Prostitute and the Beast then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke to me. Come, he said, I will show you the condemnation and punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters and whom the kings of the earth committed sexual immorality and the earth's inhabitants got drunk with wine of her immorality. 
So he carried me away in the spirit to a wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Now the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet clothing and adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held in her hand a golden cup filled with detestable things and unclean things from her sexual immorality. On her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the detestable things of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of all the saints and the blood of those who testified to Jesus. I was greatly astounded when I saw her, but the angel said to me, Why are you astounded? I will interpret for you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast you saw was and is not, but is about to come up from the abyss and then go to destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, all those whose names have not been written in the book of life since the foundation of the world, will be astounded when they see that the beast was and is not, but is to come. This requires a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains the woman sits on. They are seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. But whenever he does come, he must retain for only a brief time. The beast that was and is not is himself the eighth king, and is yet one of the seven, and is going to destruction. The ten horns that you saw are ten kings, who have not yet received a kingdom, but will receive ruling authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These kings have a single intent, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb will conquer them, because he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those accompanying the Lamb are the called, chosen, and faithful. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw, where the prostitute is seated, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The ten horns that you saw, and the beast, these will hate the prostitute and make her desolate and naked. They will consume her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put into their minds to carry out his purpose by making a decision to give their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. As for the woman you saw, she is the great city that has sovereignty over the kings of the earth.